0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. When Travis Gibson found himself fourth on the Chicago Bears depth chart, We thought he might not be long for this 53-man roster, but he certainly heard all the doubters and proved them wrong in the Bears' preseason win over the Tennessee Titans.
1: You are Locked on Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: This is Locked on Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making LockedOnBears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we'll break down what we learned from the Chicago Bears' first preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. We're going to try not to put too much stock into everything we saw on the field, but at the same time, we can't just dismiss it as preseason with mostly backups either. So we'll touch on the re-emergence, the resurgence of Travis Gibson, really standing out on that defensive line, among others standing out on that defensive line. We'll talk about this Bears offense coming out clicking quickly. Major screen pass touchdowns to really have an easy day for Justin Fields, whether or not that is more to come in the future. And we'll wrap up with some of the other winners and losers on both sides of the ball. here. some guys I think looked as advertised and a couple of guys maybe a little bit disappointing, but small sample size, only one preseason game. But I feel like the biggest story from this game, aside from Justin Fields throwing a 60-yard screen pass to DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert getting a 55 or 56-yard screen pass somewhere in there, like, that was a big story for sure. But that was two plays. It was like seven plays-ish of total offense. But, like, over the course of the full game, Travis Gibson was the one who really emerged as, like, the winner, the star, the guy who did the most for himself in this game. And we'll talk about those those screen passes and the offensive execution here in just a little bit. But Travis Gibson was a guy who first unofficial depth chart comes out and he finds himself fourth string. He's behind everybody. They literally put him at the bottom of the depth chart. And it was like, well, you know, they just signed Unique Agakwe. they signed Demarcus Walker this offseason. They signed Rasheem Green this offseason. You know, Dominique Robinson was a Ryan Poles pick and not unlike Travis Gibson, who was a Ryan Pace pick and so there was some thought that maybe they would rather invest the development time into Robinson, who was younger but still a little bit more raw. And maybe after Gibson struggled a little bit last season, that he could kind of be on his way out. And he needed a strong rest of the training camp and a strong preseason to cement his spot and try and earn that way back onto the fifty three man roster. And boy did he do so. At least for now, right? He did everything he could in his power in this first game. To be right back in that mix. Five tackles, had a sack. Uh, the uh, NFL stat sheet credited him with three quarterback hits. With the way Pro Football Focus tracks hits and, and hurries a little bit differently, they credited him with uh, one sack, one hit, and six hurries for a team high eight total pressures on just thirty-two pass rushing snaps. He was generating a pressure on a third of his pass rush rushing snaps, which is really high. Like that is uh, that is more than most players typically perform. Now keep in mind that. Gibson was a player who was a defensive starter last year, maybe not a high-end defensive starter, but a defensive starter playing against second and third string Tennessee Titans offensive linemen. But that is not that should not discredit what we saw from him, right? Like this is what we needed to see from him. And it was a great game. He was making plays in the running game as well. A couple, of, at least one tackle for loss in the backfield there or, or near the line of scrimmage. And he was getting some good penetration up front in both areas of the game. And that, that's what can go a long way towards keeping him on this team. Because, like, you think about it, like, there's no reason to get rid of him. There's no need to be eager to get rid of him. You're not going to save salary cap space that much, hardly anybody. I mean, he's the last year of his contract on his rookie deal anyway as a fifth-round pick. Like, he's not, a, he's not a salary burden in any way. And so, if anything, he's just—it's just a matter of who you want to give defensive end snaps to at that spot between— Gibson and Green and Robinson and then Terrell Lewis also played really, really well, I thought, in this game in that rotation behind with no Demarcus Walker and no unique Ngakwe available to the team. It just becomes like, OK, who's going to play? And the only reason you would get rid of Travis Gibson if is if you felt like, well, they want to play Lewis and Robinson and Green over a guy like Gibson. I found myself, not to go on a tangent here, a little bit disappointed in, in Rasheem Green. And again, like, this is a small sample size. I think he played a total of 12 snaps in the game, so I'm not going to write this off as Rasheem Green equals bad or not any good, but just, little, I was you know, with Gibson playing so well and some of the other defensive ends stepping up, just thought Rasheem Green did not step up. But the fact that they only played him 12 snaps, he played all the starting defensive snaps, like the same number as TJ Edwards and Jalen Johnson, indicates I think they're pretty confident and comfortable with Rasheem Green. Like, I don't think he's in any kind of risk of losing his 53-man roster spot. Dominic Robinson, obviously, I think they are they really like and, and want him to continue to develop. So, like, those four defensive ends are locked in, and now the question becomes, Gibson versus Lewis, if you want to keep five defensive ends, right? That you could keep neither possibility. And so I think for Gibson, right, as well as Lewis also played in this game, Gibson's got more of the experience, too, and, and has, I think, a little bit more of a well-rounded game at this stage of his career, just because he's been in the NFL longer. And we broke down... A couple of key plays from Travis Gibson in this game on over on the Locked on Bears subtext group. I got some preseason All-22 film of Travis Gibson. So you can kind of see... The pass rushing's prowess, right? He uh, there's there's one play where he takes great speed around the edge and turns the corner to get some pressure. There's another play where he generates great power, even after he kind of misses on his initial move and lets the offensive lineman get hands inside, he still is strong enough to physically overpower him and get. And I think he gets a hit on the quarterback on those plays. We broke down the film of those plays only for members of the Lockdown Bears Subtext group. It's four ninety nine a month, but it gets you exclusive access to content that is not available. Anywhere else, including video, all 22 breakdowns of, yes, Travis Gibson. Now we have Unique and Ngakwe film broken down in there. Khalil Herbert as well. Plus data and charting from last season on Justin Fields throwing versus different routes and different coverages, Bears players versus different routes and in different coverages and a lot of different ways to slice and dice that you just can't find publicly accessible anywhere else. It is $4.99 a month. And the way to join is it's at the website joinsubtext.com slash locked on Bears. It's an SMS text message service. So you text in and that's what gets you access to me. You can text me directly and ask your questions on the podcast or anything you want. I mean, get, so it's a direct, it goes right to my phone, right to my computer. I can respond right away. Like it, it's a great way to open up the communication, but then it also gets you access to ex- exclusive content. If you want to take it that next level and really get that deeper understanding, we're going to be doing all 22 film breakdowns for the subtext group all season long. So join subtext.com slash locked on bears to come check it out we already got a good group going in there and i'm really excited to keep moving some things out there including the travis gibson breakdown now out now for subtext members i thought about going through the screen passes as well but those are a little bit more straightforward to watch even on the broadcast angle but i do want to break down those plays on this podcast here and kind of what they mean more so than the individual x's and o's and, and what we kind of learned about this bears offense even in a small sample size next on locked on Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. We're in the thick of August now, and that's the start of fantasy football drafting. If you want to get championship ready for your home league, you got to try out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. Best ball is great if you've never done it before because all you do is one live snake draft, just like your regular draft. And then each week, Underdog will take your best lineup automatically and you'll get credit. So you don't have to set a lineup. There's no waivers. There's no trades. You just draft your team and then see how good your drafted team can do. If you want to try it out, Underdog has a best ball mania tournament that you really got to get in on because it's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And there are $15 million of prizes up for grabs, including $3 million, the winner and last year's winner drafted their team in july so it's not like you have to wait and see how the preseason goes you can draft your team now in underdogs best ball mania tournament and win your share of 15 million dollars visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with our promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: This Chicago Bears offense looked locked in pretty quickly in these in this first preseason game, and even the first play of the game was a, a, a you know I formation play action. Fields ended up just kind of dumping it off to Kari Blazen game, but it was a first down on already just the first play of the game. So like they they came out iron. It was seven total plays of offensive of offensive starters out there, two touchdowns in seven plays, two explosive touchdowns in seven plays. Like that's everything you would want to see, right? In this preseason game, Justin Fields not really getting hit, offense moving the ball and scoring, everybody kind of looking how you would like to see on offense. And I, I think, well, certainly you will hear people and probably have already heard people detract from Justin Fields for them being screen passes and them being largely plays made after the catch that, you know, wasn't like Justin Fields made the world's most impressive throw in order for those plays to score. But to me, the bigger takeaway was the level of offensive execution collectively that has to go into those plays being able to score. And also it being, first of all, a a reflection of the speed on this Bears offense. Not only the speed of Khalil Herbert, which we knew Khalil Herbert had home run speed, also speed of DJ Moore, who looked honestly a little faster than I thought he might be the way he outrun everybody down the sideline, but we still knew he would be fast. But again, as part of this, like it, it takes 11 guys, especially on screen passes for those plays to spring free to be touchdowns. And there's some speed on this offensive line. That was something Ryan Poles talked about when he first came to this organization. One of the, like, one of the big areas of emphasis was... Slimming this offensive line down a little bit in terms of size and getting a little bit more mobility, more more mobility, that's hard to say, out of this group. And I think you saw that on the screen pass, but like the, the kind of execution for this team to kind of come out offensively and have that click so well. I mean, you might expect, OK, on a screen pass first preseason game, you know, first time throwing these plays with each other, with this this lineup in place, like, you know, maybe the wide receiver's not quite in the right spot, or the offensive line is late to slip out on the block, you know, guys just trying to figure out exactly where they're supposed to go, but not on these plays, you know, on the DJ Moore play, uh, Braxton Jones runs over from left tackle and gets away with an illegal block in the back, but that's okay, and, you know, that frees DJ Moore to take a, a big stride downfield, and then churning downfield with him was Tevin Jenkins and Jatiri Carter, who were making blocks 10, 15 yards downfield to spring DJ Moore to just outrun everybody else down the sideline. And same thing on the the Khalil Herbert screen pass. Like that one, guys have to hold up for enough time for the running back to sort of fake like he's in the backfield and then slip out with the blockers to the, back, to the, to the left side of the play. Fields has to kind of extend the play a little bit, running over to his left, flipping it to Herbert. And then he's got Cody Whitehair and Jatiri Carter again like out in front, 10, 15 yards downfield, making some of these blocks. And at the end of the Khalil Herbert play, like when they got like to like the 10-yard line, though he's still running with the ball, in coming off the corner of your broadcast screen is Equinemius St. Brown, who's been blocking the safety all the way downfield and keeps the safety from getting a clean tackle attempt on Herbert, who then shakes it and is able to actually finish that play in the end zone instead of at the 10, where it looked like he maybe would ultimately come down. Like to me, the execution level on both of those plays... Like some of it, some of it's just a good play call. You know, the defense wasn't ready for them. And but, but the difference to me is like both of those screen passes, if they were run last year, they're first downs, like they were good play calls. They'll get you 10 plus yards for a first down. But I think the difference between last year and this year is last year those plays would be first downs and then they're tackled. This year those plays are both touchdowns. You know, that that to me is because of the skill level of the receivers on that play but also the athleticism and the skill of the offensive lineman getting downfield and the blocking from the other receivers and tight ends on the plays like that to me was why the collective execution was so important there because you had 11 guys making the play you know it's one thing if if Justin Fields throws a a a, a deep bomb to DJ Moore for a touchdown right like that takes that requires execution from you know the offensive line five of those guys blocking really well and then Fields has to make a good throw and then DJ Moore has to run a good route but for the most part, it's like seven guys needed to do their job for that play to be successful. I mean, other wide receivers had to have a threat, but like for the most part, seven guys make, make a deep bomb touchdown happen. But for a screen pass like that, right, It's it's fields, it's the receiver, it's the other receivers blocking, it's the entire offensive line and the tight ends. Like all 11 guys have to execute for those screen passes to go for more than just, you know, the free seven or eight yards that might be built into those plays. And that to me is a really strong sign of the start. Of this offense. Does that mean they're going to be a well-oiled machine perfectly executing in week one against Green Bay? Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It was a small sample size offensively, but certainly something worth celebrating, something that they should get full credit for. We shouldn't downplay it just because it's preseason and just because it's against the Titans team that may or may not be any good. And there were certainly backups and not fully healthy lineups for, for both of these teams in this game. But still, like, that's speed, that's progress. That's everything we were looking for. Not everything, but like that. That checks. That, that checks a bunch of boxes, right? We still want to see more from Fields. You know, more of quick passing and more, more like complete offensive execution. But you can't, you can't detract or take anything away from the plays they made. All they did the absolute best that they could out of what the play call was. I mean, Justin Fields could not have done better on those plays, right? Like he did everything that was asked of him. And that's all you can do as a player. Like everybody did what was asked of them in those roles. And that's great. And that's what we wanted to see from this Bears starting offense, even in just seven snaps there. There's a lot to break down for the rest of the game and a lot of other players to kind of go through. I want to get through some of the winners and losers. And we may even have to do another podcast tomorrow on this game to break down even more of like, you know, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens and some of the other players we were curious to watch in this game. But I want to get some of the bigger, like bigger picture Winners and losers and guys kind of looking as advertised next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, because FanDuel is here for all of your sports betting needs. And with football season about to kick off, FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, if you bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to give you bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So you just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and then you'll get bonus bets for every win they have all season long. You can then take those bonus bets and use them on the spread, on player props, over-unders. Can, I mean, there's odds for Justin Fields to win MVP, odds for Matt Eberflus to win coach of the year. You can bet on Bears-Packers week one as well, and so much more, all on the FanDuel app. That's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and start earning your bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon to place your Super Bowl bet.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: This Bears team against the Titans was missing a lot of players, really on both sides of the ball, but especially, you know, it was like, Felt like half of a defense out there, and not even it wasn't even a full-strength offensive line, a full-strength offense out there either. So uh, I, again, don't want to get carried away with, with the big winners and losers from this game. But I thought a few guys stood out that I wanted to make sure that we, we mentioned. We talked about Jatiri Carter on those screen passes, but I also thought he played really well at, at right guard throughout. He even stayed in for the second team for a lot of that game, and I thought he looked really strong as a backup offensive guard who's making good progress with, with that group getting some extra playing time. Another another starter like making making progress as a young guy, Kyler Gordon. Think about some of the hits he delivered in this game. He was aggressive. He was jumping on routes. It just felt like the things we had been hearing about him, you know, being able to be you know, sort of settled in at the slot cornerback spot to to feel comfortable with having less on his plate, he can be more instinctive and think a little less out there, and that's absolutely what it looked like a nice pass breakup, a couple of other big hits, like almost forced fumbles in there. Like that was a nice showing from Kyler Gordon. I thought very good progress for a second year player that we want to continue to see more from and and really encouraged by. I already mentioned Travis Gibson has to be a big winner from this, from this one. And I'll throw Terrell Lewis in there as well. We didn't talk about him a ton because we were a little focused on Travis Gibson, but I believe he was the only guy that ended up with two sacks in this game. And then I believe also he had a few other quarterback hits in this one as well that really kind of brought everything together for him in this game uh, yeah he was officially credited with two sacks for six yards and, and then uh, Harris also got back there technically for a second and a half but got to the quarterback for a second half Jalen Harris the undrafted rookie free agent but really Terrell Lewis was a guy who was intimately involved in a, a number of different plays as a pass rusher getting some pressure and also a couple of tackles for loss in the running game I thought early on in that game he struggled a little bit on a few plays you know you could see him get washed down a little bit here and there but then like once he settled in, I think, and kind of got his feet under him, then he really dialed in. And the, you know, from Especially the second half, that guy really stood out for me as someone who was thriving in, in a game like this. A couple of guys that I thought maybe struggled a little bit. Uh, Andrew Billings, the nose tackle. Uh, I was disappointed with there. There were a couple of nice plays where he got some penetration, but for the most part, it felt like too often he was getting washed out and washed down from the nose tackle spot and making the linebacker job a little bit more difficult behind him. It was not a big sample size. It's a preseason game. I'm not panicking about it. I'm not super worried about it. It's not like I think he's going to be terrible, but there's only 12 snaps, seven against the run, five pass rushing snaps. It's preseason. We'll give him We'll give him some time. We'll give him some benefit of the doubt there. Uh, Valus Jones, probably waited too long to mention his name on this podcast. One of the other big stories from this game is Muff Punt, right? Like the the inability to correct the big mistake from last season. And it was weird too, because he hadn't been really having that issue at training camp. Like he's at the training camp practices. He was catching everything and holding on to it and judging it correctly. But something about, you know, maybe the, the winds of soldier field, plus not the stadium lights, not the literal stadium lights, but you know, the being back under the lights, live game situation, and the pressure that you feel in that moment, with the fans and a you know, real opponent, real team, like he just couldn't do it. And man, it's starting to feel more and more like, I mean, could, could he be cut? Not make the fifty-three man roster. Like you can't do the most important job, the most important part of the one main job they're asking you to do. It's only a second year. Guy was a third round pick. It would be a big surprise if they ultimately cut him. But at some point, how how much more time do you give, and what, how much patience and how much leash does he have? I just you you wonder, right? You wonder he's on. It feels like the ice there is getting thinner, and the next two preseason games are going to mean a lot for. Bayless Jones. I wasn't all that impressed with Tyler Scott either. You know, he, he had a fumble on offense after the screen pass. He struggled with some drops in training camp practices, both as a receiver and a punt returner. Like he got the first kickoff return reps, which was, I thought was interesting. Like that was, uh, he was the opening kick, like not the opening of the game, but the bears first kick return opportunity. He got those, that gig. And then the, the Bayless Jones started with the first punts. And then once Bayless Jones muffed, then Scott came in there. And I, I don't know it wasn't like, again, he's a rookie, not writing anything off on Tyler Scott just yet, but I was hoping for a little bit more from him and found myself disappointed there. And, and I was also quite disappointed with PJ Walker as the backup quarterback. You know, first play interception, finished like what three for eight for like nineteen yards, if I remember correctly. Uh, four for eight for nineteen yards and the interception. You know, he's a backup quarterback. We're not going to be we're not going to panic about the backup quarterback. We're not going to be super worried about it because if he's in the game, that means Fields isn't and you're screwed anyway, so how big of a deal is it? It was first preseason game. He's still learning the offense. He's still learning his receivers. That's how the interception happened. He and Equinomius St. Brown, not on the same page. Equinomius bent it a little bit more, like, flatter towards the sideline because there were two deep safeties, which is typically what you do. Walker still threw it more vertical, like the corner route and miscommunication there, but still feels like it's Walker's fault. But eight pass attempts is not enough to judge how good P.J. Walker is as a backup quarterback. But it was a little bit tricky when it was... Uh, You know, right next to, I thought, uh, Bajent, Bajent, Tyson, Tyson? Tyson Bajent? I don't know why I'm struggling with that name. Tyson Bajent came in and played pretty darn well for an undrafted rookie free agent out of a small school, and and having seen him at the Senior Bowl and being a little bit unimpressed at the Senior Bowl, I came in with low expectations for this game, and I thought, he held his own. Legitimately got a shot to push Nathan Peterman for that number three quarterback spot here. I'm curious how that battle continues through the next couple of preseason games. So I think that's going to be fun to watch. And, and I've, I've long been an advocate for get an undrafted kid in here, see what he can do. And Bajant, you know, giving you a reason to keep watching, to watch through the fourth quarter of this game, because he's got some real arm talent. And the, they talked about in the broadcast too, that like his, his dad or whatever is like a world champion arm wrestler. Like there's some interesting things about that kid coming from a super small school. So excited to see more from Tyson Bajent in future preseason games. I imagine we'll see more from Justin Fields. In the next preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts, you can be sure we'll break that game down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's gonna be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Don't forget to check out the Lockdown Bears subtext group, join subtext.com/slash lockdown bears if you want that video all twenty-two breakdown of Travis Gibson's preseason emergence in that first game. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Bears on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. I really appreciate our everydayers that are tuning in five days a week for your daily Bears fix. And of course, your daily opportunity to bear down.